Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Back together again, Katie. Woo-hoo! Physically in the same space. <laughs> um, Ooh, and with a special guest today, too. Oh, that's right. Original OG pop shopper Jason Lipschitz is back. That's right. On the pod. You'll have to stay tuned to see why. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, as always, did we introduce ourselves? Yes. Okay. <laughs> because, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Drake and 21 Savage team up for the year's biggest hip-hop debut— Plus, Taylor Swift stays put atop the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart with Antihero, while eight songs from her loss debut in the top 10. Also, it is Tuesday as we're recording this, and the 2023 Grammy nominations are out. We actually met up with the founder of the pop shop, Jason Lipschitz, to kind of give our first impressions of the big four categories. Hot takes, everybody. Hot, Hot takes. takes. We're talking about like less than an hour after these things wrapped up. We were we were shoveling out the hot takes. So stick around for all that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up. Drake and 21 Savage's collaborative album, Her Loss, debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 chart with the year's biggest week for an R&B hip-hop album and the fourth largest streaming week ever for any album. Her Loss launches with 404,000 equivalent album units earned in the United States in the week ending November 10th, according to Luminate. Streaming activity drove the bulk of that sum— probably no surprise to anyone, to the tune of 513.56 million on-demand official streams of its 16 tracks. That's a few. That's just a few. Uh, uh, Her Loss is the 12th number one album for Drake and the third number one for 21 Savage. Drake now solely has the third most number one albums on the Billboard 200 chart since the list began publishing on a regular weekly basis in March of 1956. Ahead of him are only The Beatles with a record 19 number ones and Jay-Z with 14. Drake was previously tied with Bruce Springsteen, Barbra Streisand, and Taylor Swift, each with 11 number one albums on the Billboard 200. Over on the Billboard Hot 100, Drake places eight songs in the top 10, all from the Her Loss album, bringing his career count of top 10 hits to a record-extending 67. 67. (laughs) Six, seven. How many does your friend Madonna have? 38. That that used to be a really, really impressive number. (laughs) 38. 38. 
Um, I will point out uh, for for chart geeks out there, obviously, uh, most or many of Drake's uh, top tens came in the streaming era uh, on the Hot 100, which of course changes uh, how the chart works, and it's very uh, easy if you're a superstar like Drake or Taylor Swift to just rack up those top tens immediately because your album is instantly popular with gajillions of people on streaming services all at the same time. All right, all that said, Drake is not number one on the Hot 100 because Taylor Swift's Antihero adds a third week at number one. She did it. Boosted by seven new alternative versions of the song that were released between November 7th and November 10th during the charts tracking week. Two weeks ago, the song debuted at number one as Swift made history as the first artist to hold the entire top 10 at the same time. In the week ending November 10th, Antihero earned 51.3 million in radio airplay audience, which was up 37%, 31.1 million streams, that was down 13%, and Ooh, Taylor's favorite number. <laughs> Except, it Except for it's down. It the other way. <laughs> and sold 327,000 downloads. <laughs> that is up a meager 1,793%. That's <laughs> so wild. Oh, uh, uh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, keep going, Keith. I, there's a lot more context here. Okay, so that big sales number, 327,000 sold. Uh, it is the largest sales week for a song in over five years since Swift's own Look What You Made Me Do sold 353000 in its first week in 2017. And that was in its first week, A. Mm-hmm. And that was when Look What You Made Me Do was not on streaming, B. Right, and digital track sales were still kind of a thing yeah. before <laughs> streaming became what it is. Yes. So... Uh, you might be wondering, how did that number get so big? Well, I mean, I'm not wondering because I had to cover every one of these remixes that she put out last week. <laughs> what, did you breathlessly write a new story about every single remix? Um, not every single one. We started to, and honestly, the the first one that came out last week was the Bleachers remix, which um, was made with Jack Antonoff, who also produced this project, um, which was fun. The idea of, of you know, right. Jack producing the song and then the Bleachers being featured on it, and they kind of changed the lyrics, like, uh, Jack had his own verse um, that where he said talked about like art art boys instead of sexy babies things right. like that and um, so that was probably the buzziest one and then from there uh, the names I didn't always recognize the remixers um, so they got a little less you know buzzy urgently, as they went along urgently posting <laughs> um, well uh, Katie mentioned the the first the first version that came out the first alternative version that came out was the bleachers remix and it was available both in a clean and explicit form so you could buy the clean and explicit tracks and collect them all there was a Roosevelt remix a Jada G remix a I believe it's Kung's remix mm. um, both clean and explicit and even an acoustic version. That's and, straight out of the uh, BTS playbook right there. Absolutely. Um, all versions were discounted to 69 cents for a limited time during the tracking week, with many of the sales driven by Swift's own web store. I guess the acoustic version is kind of like the karaoke version, right? Could you just like sing along to it? Or no, you're saying acoustic. I was thinking, I was thinking the instrumental. <laughs> um, did you happen to see, Keith, uh, Drake... 
share the Hot 100 <clears throat> Top 10 on his socials on Monday. I did, Katie. And and what is unique <laughs> about how he shared uh, Billboard's uh, graphic of the Top 10 of Well, the Hot as 100. you mentioned, eight songs from his album, Her Loss, are in the Top 10 of the Hot 100. Right. Number one is Antihero. And he, number... Drake has two through nine. And then number 10 is Unholy. By Sam Smith and Kim Petras. Well, he used emojis to cover up number one. He left number 10. He left Sam and Kim <laughs> completely intact. So it wasn't like he was just trying to highlight the songs that he had in the top 10. He was very expressly trying to cover up the number one. And there was a lot made, I think, last week when these remixes came out. This was obviously her first, uh, well, I was going to say it's her first biggest competition, but she also topped the Rihanna Black Panther song mm-hmm. the week before. And certainly Rihanna tried. She had alternative digital covers of her song. And right, right, like, right. Like an instrumental version. And so Taylor was clearly going for this week, you know, getting that number one for a third week. Mm-hmm. Um, and Taylor and, and Drake have been friends in the past. They posted photos together. They were both, um, I think, Apple Music spokespeople at the same time, and they had a like a joint commercial together. That was probably like five years ago now. Mm-hmm. But like, it, apparently, uh, again, like the internet sleuths figured this out. But apparently, he deleted a photo of the two of them together on his Instagram too. So apparently, he's feeling like not excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, does Drake need another number one? Does Apparently. he? I don't know. Apparently he did. All right. Well, lastly, it's beginning to look a lot like, or at least a little like, Christmas on the Billboard oh, 200. Wow. Uh, five holiday albums docked the list this week. All of them are re-entries. Michael Bublé's Christmas, the compilation A Christmas Gift for You from Phil Spector, Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas, the Vince Guaraldi Trio's A Charlie Brown Christmas, and Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song all return to the list this week. And all five reached the top ten of the chart last season. So it makes sense that, you know, five incredibly chart-successful albums are back, and they're the first albums to kind of come back for the new holiday season. It's all starting. It's all starting, and I'm here for it. It's really starting to, uh, like, I I've ta- I feel like I, like, plug the station every time I talk. Coast? Is this Coast again? Again, but they've already made their holiday switch. They made it, um, I think, Friday last week. So the, the fourth? Mm, that wasn't the fourth, was it? Because we're at the 15th right now. Do you mean, oh, you mean later? I mean like this past Friday. Oh, that would be the 14th? I don't even 11th. know. What day is it? No, today's the 15th, so it can't be the 14th. <laughs> 11th. Okay, the 11th. 11th. That's when it made the switch. And then as I'm like hearing them, you know, play Mariah or whatever, I drive past a Christmas tree farm in uh, Beverly Hills set up, like one of those like lots. Were Christmas trees tree already lots. in there? Yes, the tree would absolutely be dead by Christmas Day. Yeah, if you, if you get it, it now. well, I mean, I, you could take care of a tree and keep it watered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keith is skeptical. Yeah. Maybe you get two trees. Maybe you cycle them out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose if you're in Beverly Hills, maybe that's what you're doing. Uh, yes, this is true. Um, all right. Well, uh, there's the chart chat, and um, let's get Jason in here to talk about Grammys. Yeah, let's do that. It is Tuesday morning, and the Grammy nominations have been announced for the year 2023, and we thought, what better way to celebrate all this great news than to bring Pop Shop 
founder, wow. Jason Lipschitz, into the studio. Flew out for Grammy nominations day. <laughs> the budget for the you. pop shop is outrageous. Just unbelievable. But um, it is, yeah. it's awesome to have everyone here in the same room to talk about and react to these nominations. Um, of course, Beyonce, the big winner uh, out of the gate with nine nominations this year, followed by Kendrick Lamar with eight. Adele and Brandy Carlisle with seven. Um, these are all big Grammy favorite names that I've just said, but maybe we should just kind of run through the big four to see if we're surprised by anything that yes. happened. Big four categories being album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, and best new artist. Correct. And so I'm going to start with record of the year because it's at the top of my list. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm surprised right out of the gate with ABBA. Don't shut me down. You know, I'm not. You're well, not after last year, right? Not after last year when they got nominated for Record of the Year. I'm, I guess I'm a little surprised that this song, which wasn't like a hit in America, yeah. is nominated. But uh, it's ABBA, <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really it's interesting because on on the one hand you have a lot of really huge superstars in Record of the Year and really with really big hits. You have Adele, Beyonce. Uh, Doja Cat, obviously Steve Lacey, Bad Habit, number one, Lizzo, Harry Styles, but you also have uh, Abba and Brandi Carlisle and Mary J. Blige kind of mixing things up. Um, all artists who have been recognized by the Grammys before, but just didn't necessarily expect to see them in this in this category. But that that's also like a symptom of having ten spots. Yeah, it's so a lot. Many. Yeah, let's run through those other songs too. So following Abba, we have Adele's "Easy on Me." Beyonce's Break My Soul, Mary J. Blige's Good Morning Gorgeous, Brandi Carlisle featuring Lucius with You and Me on the Rock, Doja Cat's Woman, Steve Lacey's Bad Habit, Kendrick Lamar's The Heart Part 5, Lizzo's About Damn Time, and Harry Styles' As It Was. I think the initial reaction for me is I'm surprised at, surprised but not surprised that Mary J. Blige got so many nominations, including um, for Record of the Year. Uh, Surprised but not surprised that Brandy Carlisle is nominated mm-hmm. because I don't really know this song, but it's also Brandy Carlisle, and she always gets nominated. Yep. Um, I think most everyone else, I'm not terribly surprised at them being in Record of the Year. Yeah. I mean, Jason called out Mary J. That's an interesting one. Left Field, of course, she performed at the Super Bowl earlier this year. It's not like she's been hiding under a rock or something. But um, this song and this album were like, you know, minor hits, but not like mainstream crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Um should we go to album of the year? Yeah. All right. Well, there's Ava again with Voyage. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Adele's 30, Bad Bunnies, Un Verano Sin Ti. That's a history-making one right there. Uh, we have Beyonce's Renaissance. We have, let me scroll through the, the collaborators. We have Mary J. Blige's Good Morning Gorgeous, Brandy Carlisle's In These Silent Days, Coldplay's Music yeah. of the Spheres. Uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers from Kendrick Lamar, Lizzo Special, and Harry Styles' Harry's House. Okay, it feels like, before Jason says anything, it feels like three quarters of those are things that Katie and I name-checked as the likely nominees, like, three months ago. Yep. Yeah. Like I mean, Paul literally wrote that article three months ago, yeah. And I think the only ones that maybe we didn't think were obvious contenders were uh, Lizzo, Mary... And there, I guess there was a third one. I can't remember. Did we talk about Coldplay for album of the year? Mm, maybe. I, listen, <laughs> I love Coldplay. No Coldplay. one's a bigger Coldplay fan than me right now Coldplay here in this room. Coldplay reads a grocery shopping list. They get nominated. I, it's yeah. a wild nomination for album of the year. I, I would totally understand. It, it's a wild <laughs> nomination. But let me just point out that uh, Army out there, 
BTS have an album of the year nomination as a feature uh, featured artist on Music of the Spheres. Yeah. So Tina Turner's also won album of the year for contributing to River, the Joni letters <laughs> that Herbie Hancock put together. What's your point, Keith? But I digress. <laughs> I th- what I, what's really interesting to me about this category is that So you have Adele, who's basically been kind of bulletproof at the Grammys. Like whenever she gets nominated, she wins. Whenever she has a new album, she gets nominated, and that happens again this year. She's up album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, uh, um, among other things. Everyone else, it's kind of wide open in terms of like no one who's really been a winner here before. Beyonce obviously has never won album of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, Mary J. Blige, I I don't believe has ever won album of the year. Kendrick hasn't. Kendrick has not. Yeah. Uh, And then you have, as you mentioned, a very kind of historic nomination for Bad Bunny, one of the the biggest albums of this year. Um, And then you have these kind of relatively new artists where someone like a Harry Styles, someone like a Lizzo could really have an enormous moment by, by capturing the top prize. And then at the same time, yeah, you could have another, let's say, John Baptiste moment oh, with uh, Coldplay or Mary J or Brandy, which yeah. has been less kind of like chart topping. But there's a lot of love for those artists. I'm really not looking forward to another Adele versus Beyonce yeah, situation. What, yeah, where, Paul like, called that out right away, too. What, like, what if Adele wins for this album that was more tepidly received than the last mm-hmm, album that mm-hmm. did win album of the year? And then she... Beyonce's again sitting there in the front row with an album that was warmly received, a commercial success with hit singles. <laughs> and uh, just give it to Renaissance is what Keith said. I didn't say anything. I think I'm just... Keith is saying, "Consider music of the spheres." Is that what Keith is saying? The real, the real contender here. Let's move is on. Is Keith saying that I'm his universe? <laughs> should, should we move on to song you, of the year? You are. Yes, we should. Song of the year. So, um, just read the song title, not the songwriters. Oh, of course. Well, I'll say the artist, though, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So, the first one we have Gail, the song A, B, C, D, E, F, U. Wow. That's a wow for me. We have About Damn Time, of course, performed by Lizzo, All Too Well, the 10 minute version, the short film. film? I don't know what that means. I talked to okay. Paul about this. Because uh, she's also nominated for. Um, uh, a, a country song award with this, but it's the 10 minute version from the vaults, which is what I was expecting. I don't know why short film is in the song of the year version. We'll talk to, I, I think Paul's talking to Harvey Mason. Maybe we can ask him about that. Um, uh, As it was uh, performed by Harry Styles, bad habit performed by Steve Lacey, break my soul from Beyonce, easy on me from Adele. God did from DJ Khaled. The Heart Part 5 by Kendrick Lamar, and Just Like That from Bonnie Raitt. DJ Khaled has a Song of the Year nomination. That's correct. Yeah. And and yes, he literally is nominated as a songwriter, as are his collaborators on on the song, including uh, John Legend, uh, Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, Rick Ross, and Friday. Jason, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean... It's definitely a grab bag. You have literally a DJ Khaled song uh, being judged against a Bonnie Raitt song. <laughs> I just want to, like, let's just take a second to kind of absorb that. Um, but then, again, you kind of have these huge hits where it's like As It Was and Bad Habit and Break My Soul. I, I also just want to say that I'm really happy that Bad Habit 
actually got nominated for Record of the Year and Song of the Year, mm. it seems like it, it should have been a no-brainer, and it, and it was. Like, I'm really, like, one of the more, like, thrilling number one hits in recent memory yeah. deserves to be there. And I don't know if it, it'll have the juice to win over songs by, like, Harry and Adele and Beyonce, but cool. And, the, the and other- Taylor Swift. Yeah. Giving a ten minute version of one of her most beloved exactly, songs. Exactly. Yeah. And the the other thing is that it it's so interesting. We're gonna get to Best New Artist in a second. It's so interesting that and this happens sometimes where like Gail gets nominated for uh Song of the Year, but, but not, not Best New best Artist. New artist. It, that doesn't make sense. It's very strange. Yeah. Speaking of Best New Artist. <laughs> Keith says, let's move on to Best New Artist. Um this one is a wild one, guys. We've got Anita, uh, Omar Apollo. This is one nomination here. Domi and J.D. Beck. Then we have Money Long, Samara Joy, Lotto, Monaskin, Toby Nwigwa. Mm, I don't think I did that right. Nwigwa. Molly Tuttle and Wet Leg. Okay, I'm going to say something controversial. Uh, I have... You don't know who three of these people are? I know six of them. So you don't know who four of these people are? Uh, yes, I'm okay. not, not going to say who. I think I don't know who three of them are. I can um, name that too. That does not diminish their talent <laughs> in seven, any way, shape, or form. seven artists. Um, I'm so focused on charts that some of these names don't immediately jump mm-hmm. out as like chart stars, which does not, uh, Recording Academy and chart activity does not go hand in hand. Correct. It's literally just who people think are the most impressive new artists based upon their creative output during the eligibility period. Yes. Well, so I wrote about, I was just talking to Katie about this before we started recording, but I um, I wrote about this uh, uh, for the magazine a month or two ago, which is basically like, no matter what was going to shake out with these 10 nominees for Best New Artist, it was going to be a, a there's no superstar, because there's just no Olivia Rodrigo this year, there's no Megan Thee Stallion, there's no Billie Eilish, so right. this was always going to be kind of the case I'm a little bit surprised and and kind of frankly shocked more than a little bit surprised that like a Zach Bryan is in there there's no country representation at all in the big four which is pretty wild I guess you know Brandi Carlisle kind of straddles that line but uh, other than that um, Brandi Carlisle's not nominated for best new artist no 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 in the the big big four four. period there's no country yeah nothing yeah so yeah, Zach Zach Bryan he is nominated in the country field yeah. um, for his song "Something in the Orange," but um, people really expected that to be a yeah. no brainer for Best New Artist. So I definitely foresaw like I thought Lotto would be in there, Money Long, um, Monaskin, Anita. So there are some expected artists in this ten, but yeah, did not I? I if you had asked me yesterday, hey. Is Molly Tuttle going to be a Best New Artist contender? I pr- would have said probably not, but but there you go. Do we know for sure that Zach Bryan was absolutely eligible? Yes. Yeah. They. Uh, yes. Huh. I mean, he truly came out of nowhere this past year. And yet Molly Tuttle got more votes than Zach Bryan. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Because and, and, these big four are just pure popular vote. It's not a special sauce committee. It's not people going through and weeding out people that they want. It's literally just the top vote getters. Just in case anyone else needs this information, Molly Tuttle is a bluegrass guitarist. There you go. Just in case our listeners don't know Molly Tuttle yet. And also in case one of us said the group, Molly Tuttle. <laughs> all, the, all, the t- all the Tuttle heads are going to be outside this office. Tuttle heads. Um, <laughs> well, there's the big four categories. Uh, there are dozens and dozens and dozens more categories for you to peruse. Make sure to check out all the 
uh, coverage on Billboard.com and, of course, all the amazing coverage that Paul Grine, our awards editor, has probably written already at this point. Yes, we got snubs and surprises. Um, and, of course, the 2023 Grammy Awards will be presented on Sunday, February 5th at Crypto.com Arena here in Los Angeles. Jason, you can come back for the, that podcast, too. Oh, yeah. Too. Come on. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you so much to Jason for joining us. It's such a delight to have the uh, original duo back together. I'm just an interloper. Um, uh, but uh, but <laughs> thank you for chatting with us about the Grammy nominations. I think you've, you've been the co-host about three times longer than Jason. I have. I, I've got the, I've got the, um, oh You're, my God, what's the word I'm even looking for? Seniority? No, definitely not seniority. Um, longevity. That's yeah. the one I was looking for. I've got the longevity on Jason now. All right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. We're going to keep it Grammy-related. Katie. It's really quiz Katie. Mm. Katie, which of these winners of Album of the Year did not also hit number one on the Billboard 200 mm. chart? Your choices are Judy Garland's Judy at Carnegie Hall, Carol King's Tapestry, Bruno Mars' 24 Karat Magic, or 24K Magic, and Mumford & Sons' Babel, which of those four did not hit number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart? I sure don't know this answer. Really? Yeah, I don't. Okay. I'm just going to start with Judy Garland. <laughs> Judy Garland was number one for 13 weeks in 1961. 13 weeks. Bruno Mars? Bruno Mars, you are correct. Yes. Peaked at number two for four non-consecutive weeks in the end, at the end of 2016 and early 2017. Behind? Four different albums. Oh, no way. That I'm hurts. not going to have you guess. I'm just going to oh, tell you. I mean, was Adele one of them? No. Oh, okay. Uh, so Metallica's Hardwired to Self-Destruct was the first that. one. Mm-hmm. Then Pentatonix, A Pentatonix Christmas. Then the Fifty Shades Darker soundtrack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Future's self-titled album. You know, it's funny. I When I first saw that, I was like, oh, it's Bruno Mars right away. But what I was thinking of was the Silk Sonic album that came out the same week as Taylor Swift's uh, Rad Taylor's version last year, mm-hmm. um, but also was ill-fated because it I mean, a huge album. Not but ill-fated. He just, they chose to not. I, I feel like maybe he's not too strategic about his releases. He's like, this is when it's coming out. Oh, right. <laughs> you right. know, take it or leave it. You meant ill-fated in terms of chart position. Oh, like, like I was a, thinking of Grammy. A hugely successful album that normally would have ended up at number one on most weeks. But because you're going against Taylor, and then the next week is when Adele's 30 came out. But then we've got Bruno Mars' 24 Karat Magic going four weeks in a row behind other people. Not four weeks in a row. Four Four non-consecutive weeks at number two behind four different albums. Yeah, it was like the album was consistently a high performer, and it was number two for different weeks, all stuck behind someone else. Wild. Um, Anyway, so there you have it. Just a little uh, Grammy trivia woven into uh, the Billboard 200. All right, uh, we've reached the end of our big show. Um, any other kind of Grammy thoughts now that we've had a moment to process? I, I, I know, I know one. Oh, you do. Well, I assumed that's the one you're wanting to talk about. Oh well, I was, I was <laughs> going to. Uh, I wasn't sure if Madonna had submitted anything for any categories because I wasn't sure what her album "Finally Enough Love" would be considered for and I wasn't sure if any of those remixes that she did for Frozen and yada yada I didn't know if any of those things would count I kind of thought that Finally Enough Love the compilation 
which was a retrospective, I kind of thought maybe there would be some crazy outside shot. It would be nominated for like recording package or historical recording. Yeah. Um, but it, it was not. Um, I was surprised that the Queen's remix of Break My Soul, which was the version, the remix version that mashed up Break My Soul by Beyonce with Madonna's Vogue, um, was not uh, nominated for remixed recording, or right. maybe do we know if it was entered? I guess I we don't, don't know. know. It, I mean, Beyonce is nominated for best remix recording for Break My Soul, but it's the Terry Hunter remix. So we don't know if the Queen's remix was not submitted for this. But and of course, Madonna herself would not have gotten a nomination had yeah, the Queen's remix been. It still would have been cool. But it still would have been cool. Um, do we have any other sort of. Uh, Surprises, thoughts. Um, I'm trying to think. I man, I've poured over these 91 I mean, categories. Uh, Paul wrote a story about snubs and surprises. Nicki Minaj did not get nominated. Yeah, we talked about that on the podcast, and <clears throat> basically, exactly what she was concerned about is what happened. Right. Like, she got moved to the pop category with Super Freaky Girl, and it didn't get nominated. So, right. uh, as Paul says in his story, we don't know if it would have been nominated had it competed in the rap field. Right, but it didn't. Right, in the pop. Um, Whereas and, the live version of Lotto's Big Energy did, did get a nomination did in get rap. a nomination yep. in rap. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, and then, you know, of course, Jason mentioned how uh, there were a couple kind of obvious uh, folks who were thought to be contenders for Best New Artist, including Zach Bryan, um, was not nominated. Paul had also mentioned uh, Gail, Dove Cameron, um, uh, Lauren Spencer-Smith. Yep. We're all uh, viable candidates. And uh, Paul, in a story, joked that uh, one of the artists, one of the Best New Artist nominees, uh, doesn't even have a wiki page yet. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. She will now. <clears throat> should we mention what we're doing this weekend, Katie? Holy shit. Yes, we should. Because um, it is it is thinly related to the Grammy Awards, because one of the artists that well, we just talked about. And it's about, very related to the Pop Shop podcast. We're, we're going to go see who on Friday night. We are taking a Pop Shop podcast field trip to see Adele at Caesars Palace on Friday night in Las Vegas. For opening night of her residency. Opening night. We are the lucky handful that will be in there Friday night. So... Man, we are going to have some thoughts next week. And actually, we're not sitting together, so no. we truly can share these thoughts on I'll, a podcast. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what it looks like from from wherever I might be <laughs> and you know, if I can see her. We'll have different perspectives for sure. I'm 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 happy. I'm happy to just be in the room. Yeah, same. And uh we get to go to Vegas. And I'll be covering it, so look for, you know, my write up on <laughs> billboard.com. Yeah, Katie will probably have a laptop in the audience. Oh, heck, they're not gonna typing. let me have a laptop in there. Hell you'll, no. You'll have a notepad and a and Yeah, a pencil. I'll be old school. Notepad. I mean, I vividly remember um uh doing like when I covered the opening night of the Britney Spears residency. Yep. And I did the J Lo opening night. Really? Yeah. It's, Those are fun. They're it, events. It's it's fun, but it's also like all you're thinking about the entire time is like, I need to get this written and get it posted. Oh, my God, right now. You know what? I feel like I my brain has been rewired when it comes to concert coverage. Like so where to where like I'm no longer two different concert goers. Like when I'm watching it for just enjoyment and watching it for work, I like know exactly what to pinpoint and look for to write up mm -hmm. at a concert. This the thing about this one is that it's no one has seen it. Yeah. It's not like coming to a Los Angeles tour stop of, you know, Lady Gaga or whatever that it's already been going for months. Mm -hmm. This is like I feel like the thing I'm going to have to write a lot about is like 
the surprises, the things that people don't know about yet that are are not expecting. So this will also be her first public appearance since her Grammy nominations. There you go. Yeah, maybe she'll talk about it. Maybe she will. She seems she's always. I seems bet she'll like stump for Beyonce. Is what she'll do. She'll probably she'll probably do that. <laughs> she'll play Renaissance songs on stage. Maybe she'll cover "Break My Soul." Oh my god. Cuff it, please. Maybe Beyonce, <laughs> maybe Beyonce will show up. That seems like unlikely. Cuff it's a great Vegas song. Why don't you go ahead and cover that, Adele? Now watch, we say all this and then something doesn't happen and be, and Adele like sort of postpones the residency again or something. <laughs> no, please, God, don't even say that. We're, we're on the plane oh, and then we find out. I know. And then we'll just have a good Wolfgang Puck spaghetti and meatballs meal and go home. <laughs> we'll just hang out in Vegas for the night until we come back the following morning. Um, okay, well, what song should we go out on? Well... I mean, I guess cuff it because I just said it. <laughs> I was going to suggest the non-denominated Queens remix of Break My Soul, oh. but cuff it, I think, is a, is a great selection. Okay, okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.